1: to know the score. I'm your host, Don Delorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Nothing
0: much, man. It's the weekend. We are getting back to the sports calendar, so uh, let's say like we got the Stanley Cup is done. The finals are going on. Let's say like we might be
1: back on track, so... It's kind of getting back to normal around here. Yep, that is true. Uh, we're here in the dog days of summer, so we've got the midsummer classic this week uh, coming up on Tuesday for MLB. Tour de France is going on right now. We got qualifiers in soccer. We got the Olympics. WBA. Yeah, WNBA All Star break. Yep, All-Star Break, WNBA. So yeah, there's a lot of things going on uh, right now, training camps just around the corner for football. So yeah, it looks like our sports calendar is starting to to fill back up here. But this is Note the School. We're brought to you by CSPN. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. You can also find us through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio. All you have to do is search for KTS Pod dash the CSPN. So, like you said, we had some hardware given out this week as Tampa Bay Lightning completed one of the most difficult tasks in sports as they have won the Stanley Cup Uh, back-to-back. Two-time champions now back-to-back. Even through their realignment of the divisions and the new playoff format, they weathered the storm. And uh, made it all the way through. So here we go with uh, your thoughts, sir, first and foremost on Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup. Overall, 04, 20,
0: and 21. Uh, it's kind of crazy, you know. You got to go back and look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, knocking them out in the first round in 2019. And that kind of woke this juggernaut up. Um, but this was a great run by the Lightning. They they got, they dispatched Florida. It was playing very well. see so you had a great season. The Panthers did. And then they went on to the... Went out to the second round, played a hard-fought series against... Who did they play in the second round? Carolina. Um, Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, so they, they had um, played Carolina, who was probably the best team in the division this season. Uh, and then, then they had a very, very great series against the New York Islanders. I was, you know... Because this was the Islanders' last hurrah at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, they were, the Islanders were channeling that energy from the dynasty years, and the Tampa Bay quelled that uh, in Game 7. And, and then also, I think the Montreal Canadiens, hats off to them because they weren't really supposed to be there at all. But they made the right moves at the trade deadline. They got the right pieces to make a run at the Stanley Cup. And they did a remarkable job getting to the Stanley Cup, um, beating Vegas, beating Toronto, coming back to beat Toronto, uh, and, then, and then taking out uh, Pittsburgh as well. So, yeah. Um, so you got to give credit to, the, where it's due to the Montreal Canadiens as well. Um, shout out to the NHL and shout out to the country of Canada for allowing this Stanley Cup final to happen. I don't. I think a lot of people didn't think a team from Canada was going to make it, um, but they actually did end up happening. Um, the consummate winner of this. Um, playoffs, Andre Vasilevsky Well deserved I mean This guy in this championship run He's 14-0 and After a loss in the playoffs Which is Staggering And he was lights out This whole Series um, Carey Price Did everything that he could To keep Montreal in But Tampa Bay, the way they moved the puck they, they moved the puck on the power play. They have a lethal power play. And also, they made timely stops on defense. Uh, there were two blocks by Barclay Goudreau, which probably would have, if he had made those blocks, we probably would be talking this series, probably going game six or even a game seven. But uh, Tampa Bay, they've done a good job. Julian Breezeball, the GM. John Cooper, the head coach, Steven Stamkos, the captain, and shout out to Pat Maroon. He's got three Stanley Cups in a row, over St. Louis, and two attempt real now.
1: Yeah, uh, I saw the greatness of Andre Bezeleski firsthand. Uh, the man is just uh, phenomenal inside the goalpost. um you know, it You're only going to get maybe one game a series where you're going to get a chance to score multiple goals against him, and uh, you better win that game um, if you want to have a chance to beat the Lightning in these playoffs is what he showed. And uh, the teams that did not do that did not have a long series against them. So uh, very, very, very outstanding performance throughout the whole Stanley Cup playoffs by uh, Bezalewski. High-level performer. And definitely uh, deserves the win, the uh, the MVP of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, what we've got going on moving forward for hockey, the draft, uh, who has number one pick in that, sir? That would
0: be the, uh, Give me just a second, I'm going to let you know right now. We um, got the, because you have the, you have the NHL draft. You also have the expansion draft because the Seattle
1: Kraken yeah, are right. The Kraken are coming in. Oh, yes. Is the GM of that yes.
0: Formerly the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. That's of the I Hurricanes.
1: So the Hurricanes need to go ahead and make sure that they pay Rob Rennomore this off season because he's got a home. Yes. Waiting. The Buffalo. <laughs> The Buffalo Sabres have the number one pick. How
0: could I forget that they were a disaster this season? Okay, so. Right. so,
1: is there a generational player at that number one pick? Is there a, a Conor McDavid? Is there a, 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 a Ovechkin or a Sidney Crosby in this year's draft at that spot?
0: Uh, not
1: really. I'm,
0: I'll say that probably the the top prospect in this draft is is uh, Owen Power from Canada. He's a defenseman. Um, William Eklund, out of Sweden, is a top European skater. Um, Mason McTavish, he's out of Canada. He's the top center in North America. Simon Evanson, also out of Sweden, is the top uh, European defenseman. Um, Atu Rati out of Finland, is probably to me the best prospect in this draft uh, and and then the best u.s prospect right now defensively is uh luke hughes and then uh maddie benears uh he's the top uh, center he's six overall in north america
1: all right so there's a wrap on the stanley cup playoffs next year i guess things will be Uh, back to normal as far as uh, the divisions and everything go. We won't have these same divisions, even though I think that for a team like Carolina, uh, these divisions actually give them a a, a competitive, um, I'm not going to say advantage, but just kind of evens up their ability to, um, you know, compete and be uh, a very good team and not just a team that struggles to make the playoffs every year. Um, mm-hmm. they're kind of more natural rivals I think in this um, in this the way the divisions were set up this year so I, I, yes. know, I think they're, uh, that's going to be a, uh, a sad thing for the uh, Hurricanes to go back to their normal divisions with Washington and, and all those big the, the,
0: that's that's the, the east. Metropolitan right. yeah yeah because right now right now the the league would. The league actually has two options right now. They haven't finalized what the division uh, realignment is going to be just yet. So, yeah. So the uh, what's going to happen is the the first option is the division plans with the East and Western conferences. And you would put the Kraken in the Pacific and move Arizona to the Central Division. Um, the Eastern Conference teams would stay the same. The second one is basically you would have you would have um, the divisions basically how they were before. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they don't have the divisions just yet, but. Um, the second one is basically, I don't I'm trying to get to it right now. We have, uh, each club, so it's going to be four divisions. Each club will play home and away games with the three other divisions. And then four games against, uh, their division rivals, six games for a special scheduling. So like a stadium series, winner classic or a nationally televised game. And then it would be uh, the, the playoff qualifying would basically be the uh, just like this past season with the top four teams in each division qualifying, and then going about going about it that way. Uh, they did end up issuing the Wales and the Campbell trophies, which was and the Montreal Canadiens ironically won the Campbell trophy, which usually symbolizes the Western Conference champion, so uh, you know, they they hold that trophy, and it's kind of like, well, well, are they technically the Western Conference champions? Um, of course, Tampa Bay has the Prince of Wales trophy, um, but the lean, is, the lean is really going back to the conference, but it's really going to be up to Canada and their restrictions. Um, if they're going to continue to ease those restrictions for, you know, travel and, or if they're going to keep the border remaining closed for the regular season,
1: right?
0: Uh, it, they had to do that because of the Stanley Cup, but uh, we'll see what happens with that, especially kind of a huge risk coming from a hotbed like Florida for COVID and, and crossing into Canada. So.
1: Right. Right. Next up, we'll talk about currently what's happening in the NBA. NBA finals are here. We're here in the month of July. Usually this takes place in June, but, you know, the scheduling has been a little bit different since uh, COVID has knocked everything off of its normal schedule. But we're finally here. We had some great uh, conference finals as we had the – Phoenix Suns defeat the Clippers. The Clippers did manage to put up a fight. Looked like they were going to get swept out of there. But Paul George showed up. Game five, forced it into a game six. Chris Paul took over in game six in the second half. Moved the Suns into their first final since 1995, the Charles Barkley era. And despite not having Giannis for the final two games after a hyperextended knee, the Bucks they moved on to their first NBA Finals since uh, 1974. So uh, Phoenix has taken the first two games of the series at home. Um, Giannis um, did play in Game 1 and Game 2, had a monster game in Game 2, didn't get any help, and the uh, team uh, lost by 10, 118-108. Phoenix has been getting some very um, consistent well-rounded scoring from their uh, starting five and their bench as well so they've been playing some of their best basketball here the last two weeks and they're two wins away from their first ever nba championship so Dwayne, two games into the series milwaukee's probably going to give them their best shot here on sunday night uh game four or excuse me game three basically a a must-have game if if they want to you know make any noise in this series how do you see the final potentially four games or five games of this series playing out?
0: I think Milwaukee, it kind of, it kind of reminds you of the Brooklyn series just a little bit. At least Milwaukee, you know, you ought to have showed up in game two. The rest of the team did not. Um, and both games, Milwaukee's got out to a great start. And in game two, the Suns just weren't, unconscious from three point land then we'd be talking about a one-one series right now, but the three point shooting of Phoenix really helped. I think that's gonna kinda that concerns me a little bit because, you know, I know you're in the era where the three is you know the key, but you live by the three and you die by three. Milwaukee was doing great things in game two. They were going inside, and that's really their strength. They need to play more inside-out basketball, and that's that's what helped them in Game 5 against Atlanta after the Hawks uh, just smacked them in the mouth in Game 4. Uh, and so Game 5, you know, they they went inside constantly, uh, Brooke Lopez, who's actually surprised me with his three-point shooting, but I really would want Brooke Lopez to stay inside. Um, and I think Milwaukee was getting they, – they got caught in the Suns game in the first two games because they had the advantage. Phoenix got hot. Milwaukee got desperate and could not make any shots. And so now at least the best thing for Milwaukee is they're going home for these next two games they they were down 0-2 before I like the mentality Devin Booker said after the win on Thursday he said look we gotta look at a 0-0 mindset even though we're up two games to none um so it's gonna be a very interesting uh, matchup I, I really think that the Bucks are going to at least get game three um I think the Suns have a way to get game four. And we might see uh, the Larry O'Brien Trophy in game five. So, I think this series will go five. Uh, you know, if it does end up 2-2, then I think Milwaukee can find a way to get a game in Phoenix and win game six. So, I think it's going to be Suns at five or Bucks and six.
1: Um, so, you think that the Bucks can win four straight?
0: They are very capable of doing it, yes. I think Milwaukee is once Milwaukee has found a way to get and I and I think it kinda of reflected in game two or after game two of the Brooklyn series, they woke up, they got home, they won those two games. I know the game went I know that series went to seven and they finally found a way to win on the road, but that's one thing about the Bucks that um and both teams actually. That's why I said Phoenix is capable of getting a game in in Milwaukee. Both teams know how to win away from home. So that to me, I think Milwaukee I think Milwaukee has the capability to win four straight. I think I think Phoenix, I mean Phoenix does have the capability to win four straight, but I really think Milwaukee gets one. Um which one I, I would hope it would be game three. Um, but we just don't know as of yet.
1: Of course, with the playoffs, there's fallouts, coaching changes, vacancies. Uh, Rick Carlisle stunned the Dallas Mavericks as he resigned uh, his coaching position. Uh, The Indiana Pacers, they continued to play Musical chairs with their coaching as they uh, fired their. I think it was a second year, maybe a first year coach. Can't even think. I can't even say his name. First year, Nate Bjorken. Yeah, Nate Borkin. and uh, I didn't think he did a very bad job. I, I mean, considering what they. It had was a personality had. clash. Okay, they they made the playoffs, and and they looked like they, even though Miles Turner looks like he may be uh, the you know expendable piece as they begin to kind of do a rebuild, but. Rick Carlisle is going home again as he is going back to be the coach of the Indiana Pacers. It uh, looks like Jason Kidd is going to be the Dallas Mavericks' new coach. Chauncey Billups has signed on to become Portland's new head coach, and uh, no, excuse me, Dallas. This looks like they're getting ready to get. Um, no, 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 no. That is who Dallas's assistant coach is getting ready to become somebody's head coach. The Magic's head coach. Because they got yes. Steve Clifford, so they have a young, forty-two-year-old uh, uh, head assistant for the match. Dale
0: Armstrong. Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> it might
1: be there. No, it might it's, be not, Armstrong. it's not Dale Armstrong. It's uh, it's something else. It's um. Oh, I read the article. Jamal Mosley. Yeah, yeah. I read Jamal the- Mosley. Yes, yes. That's exactly who it is. I read the article. Well, I was like, it's either it's either Armstrong or Mosley. It was one of those two. Yeah, so he's he's uh, looks like he's going to become Orlando's new head coach. Um, so there's a lot of um, Emmanuel
0: Udogba is going to Boston.
1: Yes, yes. Isn't it, wasn't he from the Spurs? He was on the Spurs, and he was an assistant
0: with the Nets as well. Okay, okay. So, and then and Nate McMillan's interim tag was finally removed well
1: deserved for nate mcmillan right. uh, did a great job in atlanta uh, hopefully they can continue to build on uh the success that they had in this year uh regular season wise and postseason uh as well um that brings us to the nba draft where the detroit pistons have the number one pick looks like uh gabe cunningham is going to be the consensus number one pick at least right now but you never know Uh, after these pre-draft workouts and things like that that happened. Uh, But your thoughts on uh, Detroit and kind of, you know, their prospects after landing their number one pick and what their rebuild could look like?
0: I mean, obviously, we... Obviously, Kate is the consensus number one. Um, It's really... I'm looking at this draft, um, you know, rest in peace Terrence Clark. Uh, kind of very sad that he declared for the draft, but unfortunately he will not. Um, he passed away, unfortunately. Um, try to look at the, I mean, Kate Cunningham is the top prospect. Uh, I'm looking at Evan Mobley, who was who got on my nerves in that game against Kansas with his length. Is going to probably be in the top three. Uh, let me see. There's a lot of this. This draft is not as honestly. This draft is just not as um. What's the word? Deep. Yeah, it's not as deep. Uh, you know, I only see, honestly, I only just see, like, King cutting in goal one, Evan Mobley going two. Uh, and I'm really just kind of looking at these mock, I'm going to just look at the mock drafts real quick and see. Okay, Jalen Green, shooting guard, out, shooting guard in the G League, he's, they got him pegged at number two, going to Houston. Evan Mobley would go to Cleveland. Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. Um, we got Jonathan Kaminga in the G League to Orlando. Uh, Jalen Suggs is projected to go to Toronto, by the way. Um, let me see. Jalen Johnson out of Duke. He would go. He's projected to go nine to Sacramento. Um, This draft is just looking at the prospects. It's just not as... It's not deep. It's really not. And it really kind of surprised me because I'm looking at this draft and I'm looking at some of the kids that went back to school and I'm just like, what are these scouts thinking? Because... There's several
1: know, exactly no exactly what they were thinking they, <laughs> they were probably like you know go ahead and don't get in this draft because you know what i'm saying the you want to be in a high profile draft you know what i'm saying you don't want to be in the draft that nobody remembers right so if you're gonna be have a chance to come back to school and go ahead and be and then everybody come out in this monumental draft, then you come, you do that, and then you go ahead and let these players be in that mediocre draft, because nobody remembers the 1990, 96 is the one with Kobe and all them, right? Kobe, right. Abdul Rahim, Steve Nash. Yes. All them, right. Everybody remembers that draft. Nobody remembers the ninety four draft. Nobody remembers the ninety five draft. Nobody remembers ninety seven draft. But they remember 96, because of all those people, right?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, from, because you had the 93 draft, that was the Chris Webber draft, and then Chris Webber, Petty Hardaway, because that trade happened. Right. Um, and then, you know, Glenn Robinson was the 94 top pick. Um, that was the Jason Kidd and Grant Hill draft. Um... Jawan Howard, Jawan Howard, and Eddie Jones. Jalen Rose was in that draft. Um, Monty Williams, ironically enough, uh, he was in the draft. Charlie Ward was a first-rounder. Uh, but, yeah, that – 94 wasn't too bad. Maybe 95 wasn't as good – but it's like you said, like the '96 draft was pretty legendary. I mean, um am trying looking at the '95 who would, oh yeah, Just Smith, Antonio McDonough. oh gosh,
1: yeah. Now see, would you go ahead? KG, Stackhouse, Wallace, and KG
0: were probably the only, only ones, right? Yeah, because this draft. <laughs> This draft was oh gosh. Brian Rees, Damon Stodemeyer, Sean Respert, Ed O'Bannon,
1: Sean Respert, oh my God. <laughs> Gary Trent Sr. Cherokee Parks was in this draft. Oh my
0: gosh. Uh Carlos Williamson, shout out to him. Uh he was an assistant for a minute. Uh, Brett Berry was in this draft. Uh, Michael Philly, George Zedek, wow.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you want to be associated with a draft class that is going to be memorable. And so, you know, this isn't going to be a memorable draft class. Go ahead, go back Not to school. Uh, we'll talk about what they can do now that they're back in school. And, um, you know, come, I come am out next year. Right, and I'm
0: glad Jalen Wilson and Ochai Agbazi are back at Kansas. So, yeah, I'm definitely glad they decided to not stay in this draft. I was praying I'd do it.
1: Yeah, I just think that uh, we've got to give Monty Williams and uh, James Jones a lot of credit before we move on from NBA Absolutely, uh, for what they've done in basically one season together uh, out in Phoenix. Uh, well, two seasons is their second year. They just added Chris Paul in the free agency. James Jones winning the executive of the year two years in a row um, for his pick of DeAndre Aiton and uh, the number one pick and how that's turned out. Um, just a place that once was kind of like a you know career killer like you go to phoenix and you pretty much you know your career is probably going to be done in about two or three years to now that they've got chris paul and he's leading teaching Devin booker how to lead and now it looks like you know if they get the championship this year chris paul maybe stays on through the end of his contract which i think is a three-year contract and then yeah phoenix is a you know Destination place now for people who want to come if they can keep Booker and Aiden together. Uh, they've got a young core, even though Booker's in his sixth season already. Kind right. Of so fast. Um, He's <laughs> right. Um 24. Right. So, you know, it looks like that they've got the right combination, the right philosophy, the right um, people and mix of coaching and talent right now in Phoenix. And, and you got to give
0: Robert Sarver credit for getting out of the way. Right. Because I think in the many years of his ownership, he was in the way. And I think he was trying to do way too much. Instead of just being a basketball owner, just being the business, just writing checks. That's That's all you really need to do as an owner. Get the guys in place that know what they're doing. And... And then let the let everything come around and give and be patient too. I know, I know it was very frustrating. I'm sure, but once he got out of the way and he finally just went back and let the basketball guys do their job. Look as what's look at what's happened. I mean, now the Suns are where they are first time since '93, um, and you know. This is one of the best runs in franchise history. And I'm really kind of hoping for a triple overtime game in the finals because it seems like the, time, the two times the Phoenix Suns were in the finals, there's been a triple overtime game. So we, uh, I, I, it would be kind of coincidental if there was another triple overtime game. I'm trying to keep it <laughs> in their history. Yes, seventy six with the Celtics. Very fitting in Game the Five last year that we lost Paul Westfall. <laughs> right, exactly, and, and and yeah, so ninety yeah ninety three Game Three, triple overtime, and uh, seventy six Game Five against yeah. the Celtics.
1: Yeah, it's probably one of the smartest plays at the time uh, of a player thinking on his feet, Paul Westfall. In that seventy-five game, they were down. Um, they were down by a point, but they didn't have the ball. So he f- called a timeout that they didn't have, which was a technical foul, and but it gave them the ball back at half court. Yeah. And then they made the inbound pass to Gar Heard, who shoots a. Turnaround jumper in the key and forces the game into the third overtime. And in the third oh. overtime, famously, JoJo White, one of the last men on the end of the Celtics bench, a uh, veteran at this point in his career, came in. He was like the freshest guy in the building. Scored like 11 points in the third overtime. Rock Charles Dayhawk, baby. And, uh, and the Celtics pulled off that that spectacular win. I've watched the NBA uh whatever that is on that on that game like a million times. I, I know like, yeah. Like happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that that is probably I know that's probably one of the greatest games and if you haven't watched that game, run it back you'll be, you'll be very yeah,
1: impressed. You'll be, you'll be very impressed about the thing that always impresses me about watching old NBA games from the seventies and early eighties. is just how skilled the big men are in comparison to today's kids. Today's kids. Yes. They're bigger. They're faster. They're stronger. They can run and jump higher, but they don't have nearly the skills the footwork and the shooting ability. And they be able to step out away from the block in the basket and do damage. Uh, so many skilled big men uh, from the 70s and 80s uh, if you watch those games and it was just, you know, different style of basketball completely
0: Yeah, and a, and a different style of basketball and it just makes, it makes you appreciate it makes you appreciate what was before and how it has evolved now I mean, I do enjoy I do enjoy today's game but I do, I do love the, the abilities of the guys before us, and I think a lot of a lot of players realize that as well. Um, I think one of my favorite things about the big men of the past is how they kept the ball up mm-hmm. when they got the rebound, and never try to collect themselves. Get a you collect yourself while you're up, while you know you get a better chance of either getting the basket or Go to the line and getting two or even an and one instead of bringing the ball down. Then you got to think about it. Then you go back up. Then you get fouled. Then you air ball two free throws. So, yeah, that, the, the evolution of the game and, you know, watching those classic games, definitely fun to watch.
1: This is Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm joined by my co-host, Dwayne. Uh, We're talking about the big, big stories in sports over the past month, three weeks or so. And there hasn't been any story bigger than the Supreme Court ruling in favor of the athletes and saying that, yes, they can profit off their name, image, and likeness. And, oh, boy, it has been the wild, wild west in college sports as these athletes are taking advantage of this ruling. Um, you know, of course, car dealerships and local businesses are definitely the first ones to kinda seek these uh, athletes as so, you know, being able to, you know, pay them to be sponsors of their product in their local communities. We've had a few, you know, athletes kinda sign some national deals as well um, out there, but most of these kids are gonna, you know, be able to, you know, make money off of the local car dealerships or local restaurants or things like that within the communities that they play. So this is a big game changer, especially for basketball players, as a lot of players have been going to the G League to chat to kind of get that um, professionalism in and get paid while they should be in college, but now basically they could do the same thing here through the name, image, and likeness. So, Dwayne, your thoughts on what this means for college sports? Does this help with recruiting? Does this help keep kids in school? Um, Just your overall take on the new name, image, and likeness ruling in favor of the players.
0: I'm happy for the players. I mean, the NCAA has been a bunch of crooks for many, many years, and and not only am I happy for the players currently and in the future, I'm looking at Reggie Bush and I'm looking at the guys in the past who kind of have their stuff taken away. So I'm hoping that they can rewrite those wrongs and allow, you know, look at the Fab Five, put them banners back up, you know, um, uh, I it's really gonna be very interesting to see how they if they're gonna retro it or right. which, you know, I don't think they will, but it'll be very interesting and I would kind of hope that they would because we saw what happened on those fields and on those on those courts. We saw the greatness of of many college players. I mean, now SMU and those that went through the death penalty, ugh, yeah, I'm not sure, but um, but in the current scheme of things, I think this is really going to allow uh, players now to stay four years unless you know you're a generational talent and you don't really need college basketball. Um, and there's very there's so many more options now for these future athletes. You know, they they can't they can go to college. They can make money off their name, image, and likeness now, and that is, and they don't have to worry about uh, being you know being broke and and things of that sort. Then you have you have the D League option, so you still can. If you want to make more money, if you feel like the name and Magnus isn't enough, you go to the G League. They've been working on raising salaries anyway, and that and that's still not going to kill the college model whatsoever. And you got overseas, so there's more options now. And not only is there more options, it will also allow allow local businesses to help these guys out. They don't have to do it under the table. Um, you know, boosters are going to be more frequent. You know, I I think. Now, the thing is, I, I don't know if it's still a gray area or not, but kind of wondering um, does an agent make you ineligible now? I'm thinking that it. Probably still, I think that will probably still apply. But if you have like a professional sports agent, but you can still make those profits, you know, out for your own name if you have your own brand. And that's what I really am happy about. The the players I have that've created their own brands, have created their own identity. That they couldn't even make any money off of because the NCAA is like, hold on, what is this? So I'm happy for those guys most of all because they get to use, they have their creative abilities off the playing field and off the court and they can actually make money off of what they have created. So that is where, that is where. It's really, really going to help you know, help these help these men and women, and you gotta really be happy you know that this long debate, this long drawn out um, lawsuit, is finally over. And went to the top court. The top court ruled in favor of the players, and that that should be the end of it right there.
1: Also, players are going to have to uh, start looking down the road a little bit more because they're about to start bringing these video games back. And it's like, hey, I need to stay in school long enough to get in this game. Because, you know, now that they can make money off their name, image, on, yeah. the
0: yep. uh,
1: EA yep. Sports are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to have some type of, I guess, players association or, or some type of thing that can uh, group this money together for these kids so they can get it to, right. out to them. Um we won't have to we won't have to worry about defense end number
0: ninety nine anymore. Right. Um. <laughs> and it's even worse when you gotta transfer it to Mad and then you gotta you gotta find out who it is, you gotta find out what their name is, it's just like, oh my god.
1: Yeah, so uh, big, big, big ruling in favor uh, of the players, like you said. Um, not only can they, um, you know, get endorsements, but they can also, like you said, uh, make money off of their own creative uh, brands and things like that. So just a, a, a new era for college sports, and this is a way that you can get past Title IX and all of those things that they say were hindrances before of trying to pay the athletes. Um you know, that were all the the, you know, and this also is a way where the NCAA can kind of be like, OK, we don't have to worry about stipends and all this other stuff that people want us to do to give these athletes money. Now, if you can't go out here and get your own deals and maybe you need to become more popular or find a way to do it and they don't and they can keep their hands basically clean <laughs> of, of, you know, the money exchanging or having to deal with the money. Um, you know, like I said, they're going to have to kind of come up with some type of pool or organization (laughs) to handle the funds that, uh, these kids are going to be due when it comes to the video games and the marketing and all that. When those video games start reappearing on shelves and people start selling those out at 60 and $70 pop. Um, but until we get there, you know, these kids are going to be creative for what they do and, and, and the, uh, deals that they do sign. Multiple deals like, you know, college quarterbacks are going to just be getting it uh, right out the gate, especially these freshman college quarterbacks coming in with big reputations and things like that. Uh, just imagine if Trevor Lawrence had stayed one more year, uh, what his endorsement situation would look like. under <laughs> particular model uh, right now. So, yeah, there's a lot to uh, like a kid like uh, Hal from Carolina. Yeah, he he should be cashing in big time. Um this is going to be a year where he's going to be a Heisman frontrunner, uh, projected to be yes. one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, so yeah, there should be a lot of things uh, coming his way, uh, as far as the endorsements and sponsorship deals. All right, Dwayne, I'm gonna turn it over to you now, sir, for your final thoughts and shout outs and thank yous. All right, uh,
0: glad to be back. I'll know the score. Shout out to Shout out to you, Don. Thank you once again. Shout out to the Rasselcast fan. All the listeners on the CSPN. Much love. Also, I want to shout out um, family. Uh, the hockey writers as well. Always give me you know, the opportunity to write about hockey. Uh, fan side it as well. Um, final thought. I'm going to the track. Uh, yeah, we'll look, I think I'm going to go with the track today. Um, I, know, I know I've know. i been happy with. Quick thought will be uh, Jacob DeGrom wisely sitting out the All-Star game. Get your arm right so you can be uh, DeGrom in it in the second half. De-
1: DeGrom? Uh, Is that what you just said? Yes.
0: Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. God. I definitely did. <laughs> Fans are
1: just <laughs> the
0: goats. Anyway,
1: they just threw uh, no I walk... Syndergaard in the trash, so Jacob Degrom. Could hey, play, right?
0: hey, Syndergaard is still Syndergaard. Will be back in in August, so we're with Syndergaard, Degrom, Walker, Strowman. That's a pretty good four four man rotation
1: right there. A- I've I actually have dealings with Marcus Stroman personally since he was a 18-year-old freshman at Duke does not lack for confidence in himself but that can be the gift and the curse of Marcus Stroman so yeah. uh, hopefully they can keep him in between the lines and if they can keep him focused and don't let other things get into his head he's a very good player Yeah yeah absolutely
0: and uh I think so far uh, for the most part, he's been pretty focused. Uh, Taiwan Walker will replace uh, Jacob DeGrom in the All-Star game. Uh, shout out to Taiwan Walker. Signed a two-year $20 million deal, and he's been a very good investment. Oh, yeah, and Carrasco is coming back as well. So, Syndergaard, Carrasco, oh, yeah, that's a very, very good rotation. But uh, on the track, though, I mean, we have had this has been the best NASCAR season I've witnessed in quite some time. Uh, we've had, I want to say, eight different winners. I think, it's I
1: think it's
0: nine. Nine, yeah, yeah, nine different winners. Is the action has been exciting, uh, and it's really just been it's really just been fun uh, watching the. Uh, Watching this uh, season unfold and and uh, uh, Kyle Larson, you know, we, we did a final thought on him not too long ago, basically how he has been rehabilitating himself and doing the work, you know, away from the cameras, you know, after the, N, the N-word was dropped in the iRacing event last year and he has been the best driver this season. Uh how many wins does he have? Like four or five?
1: Yeah, he's got five,
0: yeah. Yeah, so uh four in a row. Yeah, so uh he's been he's been racing very well. So this season's been very impressive. Uh it's always fun, you know watching the race, and then at the very end of it, kind of calling my dad, talking about the race a little bit, have my mom talk about the race a little bit. So it's really good. something that's been close to home for me in that. So shout out to the guys on the track, the pit crews, the crew chiefs, uh, everybody involved in NASCAR, and and uh, just continue to do what, you guys have been doing Atlanta's this weekend, so um, I'll be watching and and I also like the fact that shout out to the guys at IM Athlete, Brad, Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, or Ocho Cinco, Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor. Also, kind of making you know uh, creating a new fan base for NASCAR as well. You know their interests and their the popularity of the IM Athlete. Um, podcasts and YouTube's YouTube series has really kind of helped a lot of it's really their NASCAR series which started with Bubba Wallace they did a segment they did a show with Dale jr they did one with Kyle Busch they actually went to the pit crew learned how to be pit crew members as well and so in that process they've you know got a lot of you know Got a lot of, um, you know, black people interested in NASCAR a lot more. So, shout out to those guys and what they've been doing too.
1: Yeah, definitely, um, a very, uh, good series that they have picked up on. Brandon Marshall with his interest in, in racing, Ocho Cinco, and those guys, they've, uh, like you said, opened up a new avenue for, um, you know, fans, particularly minorities, to get a, a um, a, a look into the sport and, and how things operate and see the opportunities that there are for black people, minorities, in NASCAR. So like you said, very good series. Uh, they have definitely shown a lot of respect uh, for the sport and uh, that, you know, can only help grow the sport uh, down the line. Uh, my final thought will be about the MLB All-Star Game uh, coming up this week. Uh, We're going to have a chance for the whole world to see. Show Tani. He's going to do the dual role in the All Star game. He's going to pitch an inning, we presume, and bat as well. So it's probably going to hit third uh, in the lineup, maybe pitch the inning as well. Uh, You could probably see something spectacular like three strikeouts and a home run from the same person, which will be unprecedented in the history of the All Star game. Um, For the first time ever, they're going to have specific All Star game jerseys, which look terrible but are all a marketing deal from Nike to try to
0: sell
1: uh, more. Nike tomorrow. is not hitting with these jerseys. No. Nope. These City Canucks have been up and down,
0: and these All-Star jerseys are horrible, and very disappointed, especially with the fact that they've come through with the NFL and the NBA. So they need to really step it up.
1: Yeah, so... uh A traditionalist that I am when it comes to baseball, uh, what was wrong with what they've been doing for the past like 150 years of everybody wearing their team jerseys with the all-star patch on the hat in the arm. That seemed to be working just fine. But, you know, Nike's all about their money and trying to get people to buy more jerseys and thinking that they're going to get – that's the one thing, though, that they have, I think, underestimated is that baseball is for a bunch of old people who don't like things to change. And so coming in – this isn't football, this isn't basketball, this isn't soccer where, you know, the fan base clamors to have three or four different jerseys five different jerseys this is baseball where you know what i'm saying the jerseys aren't supposed to change because the players do and uh, and so i think they're gonna find out the hard way that baseball fans are not the they don't have the appetite for all these uh variations of jerseys they just kind of want their classic jerseys home and away. maybe if a team has an alternate you know, in their traditional uh, jersey lineup, that alternate jersey. But other than that, all these, like you said, this, the city the city ones and the one specific for the All-Star game and all these other things are just going to not make the baseball fans uh, that happier. Let's yeah, the they're not going to draw them into the game. Uh, so uh, they may be backfiring on that. But the All-Star game itself always a – uh, a spectacled midsummer classic. You get to see the young, up and coming players that you don't get to see on the West Coast a lot. Get a chance to display their talents. And uh, hopefully it'll be a good competitive game. Nobody gets hurt. And uh, we have a winner, no ties.
0: All right. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, because can we go back on these, these jerseys real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So the only one that's really actually nice is the Chicago white Sox. is a, it's the all black pinstripe and it says South side. Like that just shows up who they are, where the South side, it stays black and white. And that is, that is fine. Um,
1: I'm not a fan of the Boston Red Sox. There's no red in the jersey. It's yellow for the runner for the Boston <laughs> Marathon, dude. Come on. Well,
0: uh, still, no. I get it. I get the culture. I get the culture of it. You know. You got the 617 area code there. But, uh, no. uh, The Diamondbacks is nice. Yeah, the Serpentine's.
1: Yeah, that is pretty. Solid. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not a fan of the fog in the, in the San Francisco. Uh, they
1: the Miami I like
0: one the, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, because it, it it goes to the uh, Sugar Kings that played in
1: Cuba. Uh, so it's kind of like, like you're connected that. with the I like this Wrigleyville one for the. Uh, the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs. I like that one. Uh,
0: yeah. I think yes, I mean it's di- it is different and I think, you know, Cubs fans are not a fan of it, of course. You know they're traditional. They're, yeah, they're as traditional as they come. Yeah. Um but I I think the I think what bothered the orange caps on the Giants jerseys are fine. It's the G on the jersey. It's not the the lowercase San Francisco Giants G. I think if they went with that one, or the classic San Francisco Giants uh, board script, and they went with that instead of what they put on there with the fog silhouette, then it probably would have been a lot better.
1: That's supposed to be fog at the bottom of the G? Yeah. Yeah, that one doesn't look good at all, because it's it's like so much white. Then there's the orange, and then, yeah, it's got the San Francisco bridge on the sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they could have definitely went with the lowercase g. Right, exactly. So Yeah, this one doesn't look as cool. Yeah. And it's white. Uh, nah. the never right. white, and and when they do wear white, it's that off white. Exactly. See, see, you're gonna get me old and curmudgeoning because I'm getting to that <laughs> point in my life where it's like stop changing. let keep it going to... right. Let's keep it the way it is. Right, right. I'm not here for all this changing other stuff. So, but yeah, that um, you know, like I said. uh Trying to get new eyes on the game attract new fans, the younger audience with the jerseys and things like that. Trying to use the old Oregon, uh, you know, motto of, uh, you know, if we got 15 different jerseys. You know, maybe we can get some fans of our jerseys, not necessarily. the games. Um, But looking forward to the All-Star Game, looking forward to the Home Run Derby. Of course, Showitani is going to be in that as well. So get to see you, Ronzo get him to, uh, able to launch some rockets out of Coors field the home run derby this year is going to be immaculate we're going to probably see a 600 foot home run from somebody um in that, polar thi- bear. in that thin air uh so it's going to be a lot of fun to see who can outlast uh in that thin air for all those rounds and not to gas themselves out uh, but the all-star weekend is starting uh starting on monday so tuesday is the game uh, Sunday, we're going to have our last few uh, baseball games uh, before the break, and uh, then we're going to go down towards the home stretch of the season. Can the Mets find their way into the playoffs? Can the San Francisco Giants continue yes. their torrid pace uh, out there in the West, leading the San Francisco, uh, leading the Dodgers and the Padres in the highly contested Western Division? Can the Atlanta Braves? Will the Philadelphia Phillies find their footing and give the Mets a little bit of heat. Can that Central Division figure itself out? The Cardinals and the Pirates kind of... And the in Cubs And the Cubs. Well, the Cubs look like they're about to go into the tank, though. I heard they have people on the trading block. Yeah. The Yankees are they about to be, you know, sellers in the trade market coming up? Is Aaron Judge really out there to be had if you really got to price to 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 get him? You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of good storylines going on in baseball. I don't think that they've had uh, besides the you know all the sticky stuff with the pitchers here lately has been the biggest news coming out of baseball. Not actually what's happening on the diamond itself. But there, right. there's a lot of good baseball being played and, uh, you know, some teams like the White Sox and, you know, kind of living up to their expectations. But they're still young. How are they going to handle this down the stretch? How are they going to handle the playoffs? So a lot of good stories will be coming up in the fall and the end of the summer for uh, MLB. Oh uh, Yeah, one as well. Can the Rays join the Bucks and the Lightning in Champa Bay? Yeah, they've gotten the number one prospect in baseball up, Wander Franco. He was down here in Durham for his – they tried to keep him as long as they could to try to uh, add that extra year on his contract before he becomes a free agent. But sometimes you just can't hold back talent, and uh, he's up at the big leagues. He's uh, hit a home run, his first at-bat. So, you know, he's got some things to learn, but he's going to be a great player uh, once he does figure things out. So – for my co-host, Dwayne, I'm your host, Don Delorente. This has been Know the Score, brought to you by CSPN.us. You can also check us out over on the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. So thank you for listening to Know the Score, and we'll talk to you the next time.